Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast here on a Thursday. Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Dan Lobby. We're going to talk about everything that happened in Berea. And then uh, at the in the second half of the podcast, we are going to give you kind of piggyback off what we did, piggybacking off what we did yesterday. We're going to do uh, three reasons the Browns might not make it to the Super Bowl. But let's start with the news of the day. Uh, a few quick topics. Grant Delpit. Uh, designated to, to return from injured reserve, Mary Kay. Obviously a big addition for a defense that is starting to get healthy. Yeah, it's exciting for the Browns to see a guy like that come back. He's had a really nice season. He was almost playing at a Pro Bowl level at times. Uh, he was really flourishing and living up to his potential, his second-round status in this Jim Schwartz defense. And, you know, he's just a he's a team favorite. Guys love him. He was doing a, a great job of, you know, being a team spokesman. Uh, we talk to him every single week at the podium and, you know, he's just a, you know, he's just a good guy. He's a good ambassador for the Browns and he was playing really well. So uh, they're excited to have him back. Um, the good thing is that it gave an opportunity for young guys such as D'Anthony Bell, who Ashley wrote a wonderful takeout on um, for D'Anthony Bell and for Ronnie Hickman, who Jim Schwartz had glowing praise for today uh, to get out there and, get their feet wet, get some playing time, make some big plays, make some impact plays, and establish themselves as starters. I think Ronnie Hickman especially established himself as a future starting safety in the NFL. And he's an undrafted rookie out of Ohio State, so that's really, really cool for him. But everybody's happy to have Grant back, and uh, you know he might try to give it a go in Houston. Yeah, Ashley, we don't know his status yet, but if he were able to come back, obviously that would be a big boost for this team. And also, you know, we'll note that Juan Thornhill was back at practice today as well. Yeah, I mean, both of those guys have missed time as at key points later in the regular season. You know, Juan missed five of their last eight regular season games. Grant, of course, missed the last four. There was some overlap there that led to the undrafted guys, the rookie and the second year guy in DeAnthony Bell having to play a lot of snaps. But she's exactly right. I think I looked yesterday, Ronnie Hickman, if you can believe it, is the highest graded rookie safety in the NFL this year, which is kind of a crazy stat. And again, take PFF grades with a grain of salt, but it just goes to show there wasn't a ton of drop off in that unit. And I think it showed in their production, but definitely would be key to get Grant Delpit back 
um, especially given his size, his physicality. We all know he's been working really hard to try and come back. And Juan Thornhill, of course, even just to have him around is huge, but to have him out on the field in those key moments because he's been a part of Super Bowl runs before. Now, some more good news on the injury front. Omari Cooper spoke today. Uh, He is still dealing with that heel injury. He did not practice, but he said he would have played on Sunday against Cincinnati, and he's planning to play on Sunday against Houston. So, Mary Kay, nothing really to worry about here with Omari Cooper, even though he's still showing up on that injury report. Yeah, really nothing to worry um, about with Amari. If Amari is even close to being able to play hurt, he will be out there. When he missed the Jets game, that was only the third game that he had missed in nine seasons because of injury. It's really remarkable at the position that he plays to be able to be so incredibly durable. So to ha- you know, he- to have him out there is going to mean everything. I mean, look what he did in the first trip to Houston on Christmas Eve. 265 yards and he was standing over on the sidelines for a little while when they removed all of the starters from the game for a while so uh you know he believes he could have gone for 300 in that game let's see what the texans have in store for him this game they're going to have to scheme it up a little bit better than they did last time i saw Derek stingley Uh, Their number one cornerback out of LSU, their first round pick last year out of LSU, talking about Amari Cooper and how they have to fix things and they have to do things differently than they did last time. They don't play a lot of man. So I don't know exactly what they're going to be able to do differently, but I would think that you would try to have Derek Stingley in the vicinity of Amari Cooper more than he was in the first game. And if they want to try to shut him down or mitigate him at all, uh, they're really going to have to be on point. They're going to have to roll a safety over his way. And even when he is double covered, he's still going to make the catch. I mean, he's just tremendous. He made his fifth Pro Bowl. And, uh, you know, he's just one of the best receivers I know any of us have ever seen. So uh, it, it's probably still going to be a really big game for Amari, even though he's coming off of this heel injury. Ashley, he said he couldn't predict what changes the Texans would make in this rematch with him. I don't know what changes I would make either, other than just like throwing my arms up and praying that he won't make some of those spectacular catches this week. Right. I mean, that's what's so difficult is he's so good. He's obviously that precise route runner. He's got great hands. He's got a great catch radius. But I'm curious to see, you know, we know last time the Browns didn't have to worry about Jonathan Bernard or Will Anderson. Um, really at all. I think Jonathan Bernard got hurt on the first drive of that game. So for me, it's almost like less about what they can do with Amari and if they can get that pass rush, if if Jonathan Bernard's able to play, um, to pressure Joe Flacco more. And if that can put some pressure on those young tackles that we know the Browns have been trotting out there with good results so far in Jerron Christian and James Hudson III, who are their fourth and fifth starting tackles this season, I think that is really their best chance to stop Amari Cooper um, at this point. It's got to start from that pass rush, which ironically is kind of like the Browns' whole defensive philosophy. Now, Miles Garrett was back at practice today, too, Mary Kay. Uh, He missed Tuesday for personal reasons. He was excused. He was back, but he was still limited today. So is there any concern here with Miles Garrett moving forward? You know what? I think Miles is at that point in the season where his body is pretty beat up, and they're giving him every opportunity to rest as much as he possibly can. So even though he was not here yesterday, uh, they let him sit today out 
and we'll see what happens tomorrow, the last day of practice before the game. Uh, and he should talk to us as well. So we'll get a little bit more detail on, you know, how he's doing and wrapping up the season and those kinds of things. But he's dealing with a little bit of the shoulder injury that we've known about and also a hamstring injury that's been bothering him for the last couple of weeks. He showed up on the injury report with that last week. Uh, of course, didn't play in Cincinnati, rested with the rest of the starters. So he's really had some nice time off now. Uh, you know, he should be ready to go. I mean, in practice today, just in the early drills that we were able to see, looked really fast, really explosive. And that's what they're going to need. You know, I mean, he's going to be going up against, at times, Laramie Tunsil, the great left tackle of the Houston Texans, but not all the time because they move miles around. And Laramie remains pretty stationary. And so the Browns will switch things up. They won't make Miles go over Laramie every single down. Uh, Zadarius will have to do that. There will be times where they put Miles inside to try to free him up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But this is the time when your big game players have got to step up. Ashley, obviously, look, Miles plays through a lot. It, it takes a lot for him to miss games. And, and this defense, you know, Jim Schwartz had high praise again for Miles Garrett as well, as you'd expect today. Um, if this team is about to make a run, a, a big piece of it is going to be Miles Garrett. Yeah, I mean, I think a big piece of it is going to be the defense in general. And Miles Garrett, as the Browns have liked to say during his, you know, campaigning for defensive player of the year, he is the best player on the best defense. So, I do think him producing and getting some of that sack production back is going to be huge. Like Mary Kay said, he was on there with a shoulder thing, a hamstring thing, at least right now. Um, so it's interesting because obviously those two things can definitely impact him given his bend and his speed that he uses. So I'm really curious to see if you know he's going to look a little off or if everything is just going to be well and good at this point and it's just your typical nagging stuff at this point in the season and they're just not taking any chances, which like, I wouldn't blame them at all for doing that. That seems to be like the smart thing to do during a practice week. Okay. There's some of the big news uh, from today in Berea. I was stuck at home with a furnace issue. So Mary Kay and Ashley, uh, you can see all their reporting from the day. You can find it all at cleveland.com slash Browns. Uh, we're going to take a break on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast here. When we come back, we're going to talk about maybe why the Browns won't win a Super Bowl this year. Get a little pessimistic on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. Okay, so on Tuesday, we brought you the podcast. I guess it was Wednesday's pod. We brought you the podcast. Three reasons the Browns can make a run and go to or even win a Super Bowl. We're going to keep it fair and balanced here. We're going to look at the other side, the reasons why maybe they won't go to the Super Bowl this year and win a Super Bowl. Um, if you didn't notice, we kind of gamed the system a little bit, so we didn't have to make that a headline on the podcast. But... That's a, that's for a different day. All right, Mary Kay, what's a reason that the Browns won't make it to the Super Bowl this year? Well, Dan, for me, that's a very, very easy one. Uh, it is the fact that they lead the NFL in turnovers, in giveaways, 
37 giveaways. I mean, they are the team that just keeps on giving over and over and over. Five different quarterbacks, all kinds of interceptions, all different varieties, shapes, and sizes of interceptions being thrown this season. In fact, Joe Flacco has eight of the 37 himself, or not 37 interceptions, but has eight of the interceptions himself. And that's too many for him. You know, he can't be doing that. If they are going to move forward through the playoffs and get where they want to go, which is the Super Bowl, uh, then they just cannot be throwing the ball to the other team. And the, the Houston Texans, they give it away less than anybody in the NFL. So you have both ends of the spectrum here going into this game. And it is why the Texans have a plus 10 turnover margin and the Browns are like, I don't know what they are, minus eight or something like that. Uh, so they're near the bottom of the totem pole in this very important category. And the Texans are sitting kind of pretty in this area. So we'll see. I mean, they've got a quarterback in C.J. Stroud who does not throw interceptions. He's only got uh, five interceptions the whole entire season. So, um, you know, this has been their Achilles heel and something that could do them in in the playoffs once they start to play these better defenses and better teams and better quarterbacks that will make them pay for these mistakes. It's the one thing that has just stuck with me all season, and it just hasn't come back to bite this team too much yet. Um, And it's just been... I guess it just feels to me like the way this this magical, memorable, crazy season could end could be sort of like what we saw in another magical, crazy season back all the way back when Brian Sype was the quarterback, right? And that ends up in one of the most heartbreaking turnovers in NFL history. And it just, Ashley, it's stuck in the back of my mind that for as great as this opportunity is and as great as this team has been, I just haven't been able to shake this idea that there's going to come some back-breaking turnover it might not be this week it might not be next week it might not be in the AFC championship game but there's going to be some back-breaking turnover it's just the law of averages in the NFL you you just don't win in the NFL if you turn the ball over this much yeah Alex Van Pelt got asked a question today basically that was like well these turnovers haven't really affected the overall success of the team and he interrupted the question to knock on the desk in front of him like knocking on wood Um, hoping that that remains the case because I think everyone knows at this point that it's defying logic. Uh, Like you're not supposed to even have a winning record when you have this many turnovers. You would think this would be one of the worst records in the league based on that number. So yeah, I mean, I do think to me, this is like the obvious Achilles heel for this team. And ultimately it could be why their season comes to an end. I do think like really it depends on, and I've talked about this, where those turnovers give the other team field position because this defense is really good, but you're going to make life really hard on them if you're letting other teams start drives inside the red zone. And that's just the reality because they're going to probably find a way to put points on the board. And look, of course, the flip side of it is maybe it doesn't happen. And like you guys have made fun of me for, we're going to be sitting on a plane home from Vegas full of Browns fans, delirious because they just won the Super Bowl and would be sitting there like huddled up saying, but the turnovers, but I don't know. It's just, it's had me freaked out for a little while, uh, Mary Kay. So that certainly would have been my first choice here too. It's, I just, if they do this, it's going to be an outlier and they absolutely could be an outlier, but it's, 
it is going to be an outlier for them to go to and even win a Super Bowl turning the ball over at this rate. Unless it just completely turns around now that the playoffs are here. Well, they've been able to overcome them to this point. And again, they are going to be playing better teams as they move along. And those teams, you know, will probably end up, again, making them pay. I mean, if you're going to turn the ball over against the, uh, you know, against the Ravens, you know, then, you know, they probably have a better chance of, of scoring than some other teams did that, you, you know, that you did this against in, uh, in previous games. So, um, you know, the margin for error is much, much slimmer now. And, uh, you know, they have to be as mistake free as they possibly can. And I do think that Joe takes some chances and, uh, you know, there might be like, they don't, even, we don't even know if Cedric Tillman's going to be able to play in this game, but if he does, he's going to be coming off of a concussion and he is a player where his route running isn't as precise as it needs to be yet. And so he's not always exactly where he's supposed to be. And when the ball lands there, uh, you know, it's just not as accurate and on the money as it might be with some other players like Amari. Um, so, you know, Joe's going to have to think long and hard about, you know, throwing it to Cedric Tillman in certain situations. But by the same token, if he's out there, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to put on your big boy pants and you've got to be ready to catch the ball and do whatever it takes to help your football team. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I think they're a little bit challenged at receiver right now, in part because Cedric is down and Elijah, you know, still coming off of a, of a concussion. Um, he did play in, you know, some in Cincinnati. So he, he shook some of that off and he should be okay. But, um, you know, that, that could be one area where if they really, really find a way to minimize the damage that Amari can do, like who else is really going to step up and play that enormous role for them? Okay, Ashley, uh, what, what are you thinking here? A reason the Browns might not win a Super Bowl. I keep, I keep moving the goalposts here. I keep saying go to or win, just whatever. Just whatever you want to say. The reason they, they won't get yeah. to the Super Bowl. Let's, let's just rest on that one. Yeah, for me, I keep thinking about the other big story of this season besides them turning the ball over in terms of things not going their way. And I think it's ultimately just injuries catch up to them and the magic sort of runs out. And you know, I think maybe they're going to face a team that's good enough to expose some holes that, you know, are left behind when you lose like your top, top guys. But I also think it could be like the wrong guy getting hurt. Like what happens if Miles get hurt, gets hurt? What happens if Joe Flacco gets hurt? Like any of these key injuries? I mean, maybe what if they lose on a game winning kick potentially because Dustin Hopkins isn't back yet. He's been one of the most clutch kickers in the NFL this year, I mean, there are a handful of guys that they are already without who could ultimately be real difference makers on a big playoff game. But I also just think they, you know, the defense thankfully is getting a bit healthier. Like we know Grant was active or not activated, but designated to return from IR today. Um, and Obo Karanko is back, obviously. But there's still, you know, these key guys that they are missing. And I do just wonder if we are going to see the injuries catch up to them at some point. And Mary Kay Ashley really kind of threw out the big one right now that everyone's worried about. And that's, of course, the kicker injury, because um, Kevin Stefanski told us that uh, it, Dustin Hopkins won't be kicking this week. It's going to be Riley Patterson. So, you know, look, Riley Patterson's fine, but I, we all know, like, if the Browns are driving at the end of this game and Dustin Hopkins is going to line up to kick the game winning field goal, 
honestly, from anywhere. He's been so good from 50 plus, even that wouldn't be that nerve wracking. But um, you, you feel good with Dustin Hopkins. You don't you don't go into it thinking, oh, my gosh, is he going to make this kick? What's going to happen? Well, look, yeah, he, he could miss it, but it, it hasn't seemed likely. You don't feel that way about Riley Patterson because we haven't seen him do it. And we haven't seen him do it in a big moment like like is gonna like he's gonna have at some point here, uh, possibly in Houston or down the road if it takes Hopkins longer to get back. So that's really the the big injury. But yeah, look if if somebody else goes down, if the wrong guy goes down, maybe that finally catches up to him. Yeah, that that could be something that ultimately does them and they have been able to overcome every single one of these injuries to this point. Um, as far as the kicker is concerned, um, you know I think it it potentially could change your strategy on the long kicks because Riley Patterson came in with the same uh, percentage on 50 plus that Dustin Hopkins arrived on the doorstep with. And that was about 50%. Um, Of course, Dustin Hopkins far exceeded that by making eight of eight. I still can't believe he did that. I mean, I still can't believe he did that in that, um, in that Colts game in the victory, the 39, 38 victory over the Colts, Three kicks of 50-plus. I mean, again, I know it's not a weather game, but still. I mean, that that's pretty remarkable, in, in my opinion. So uh, I do think it changes the strategy a bit to not be sure if you can get a kick of that length. Um, and then his little issue over the last couple months has been missing extra points. Uh, it's the reason why he got cut from Detroit, because he had missed two of his last three extra points and they were done. And what happens? He comes here and he misses his first one. And then I think he's made his last six since then. So he's gotten it together, but you know, know, I think there will be some trepidation on every single kick that he has to make, including all of those extra points that he has to line up for. Okay. So I'm going to do my last one here. It's a real bummer. This would be a real, tough way for the year to end um what if joe flacco like just looks like he's 38 years old in one of these games i don't not gonna happen (laughs) i I actually i don't think it's gonna happen i think he fits so well in this system and he runs it so well and like he's been so good in january throughout his career and we're five games into this and he certainly hasn't looked 38 yet but what what if it does mary like what if joe flacco looks like he's 38 years old for whatever reason in some game some pass rush gets to him more than we expect or you know we know that ravens pass rush is really good my other one was going to be like hey maybe baltimore is just really good that was that was going to be my other option but mm-hmm. I, I just to me I, I think that the one thing that could kind of derail where this is going is if like joe flacco just suddenly doesn't look like the joe flacco we've seen for the last month i can't imagine I understand what you're saying. I can't imagine why that would happen. Although I do think that the Ravens will, uh, you know, give them the business. They're going to give the Browns the business. If the Browns have to go into Baltimore, that defense will match the intensity of the Cleveland Browns defense. And it's once again, it's going to be, you know, we're coming over there to beat you in front of your wife and kids or whatever Roquan Smith said. I mean, that is a tough, hard as nails defense. It reminds me of those Ray Lewis led defenses. I'm sure they'll roll Ray out there and have him, you know, yelling and screaming and uh, ranting and carrying on. And, uh, you know, that's, that's one defense that I think can, you know, really, really 
hurt the Browns. I really do. That's a, that is a good, solid, strong, tough, stout defense. But I don't think that that means that Joe's going to look 38. I don't think he's suddenly going to look 38. I, I don't. I think he came in here fresh. I think his arm looks good. I think he's moving well. And I think he is uniquely suited to this style of offense. I think this scheme is really good for him. Um, but if he gets injured, certainly, you know, he could look 38 if his calf flares up. He had a calf injury a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, he could look 38 if something happens to him physically or if he gets beat up enough by, you know, if the Ravens sack him, you know, four times or somebody does and, uh, you know, and, and his body gets injured in some way, uh, that could easily derail them because I don't think they're going very far without Joe Flacco. They're not going very far without Joe Flacco. Uh, you know, he, he's just been their savior on that side of the ball. And, and if for any reason they lose him, then, you know, I think it's good night, Irene. Yeah, I think I think the better option would have been like, hey, maybe Baltimore is just that team. But mm-hmm. I think it goes hand in hand because, you know, just, just kind of looking at it, like Baltimore is so good at getting after the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. They are fourth in the NFL in uh, sacks per pass attempt. And they're so good at getting after the quarterback, Ashley, but they don't have like one dominant elite pass rusher like Jadavion Clowney had a really good season and and other guys had good seasons but they don't have a Miles Garrett or TJ Watt or Max Crosby any Michael Parsons they don't have that guy but they still get after the quarterback and I almost feel like that's worse for this Browns Browns team matchup wise because the Ravens can kind of come at you from all angles and really attack this offensive line in different ways so I don't know, maybe the answer isn't like Joe Flacco looks 38. Maybe it's the Ravens are kind of the team that's going to bring him back down to earth a little. I don't know. Yeah, Dan, my whole plan was to tell you the Ravens point is better because that was also my backup plan. So that was like what I was going to say if you went second and you took the injuries and I was going to be like, well, the Ravens are just really good. So I think that's it entirely. Like Like you said, I can't really see something besides an injury that would – caused Joe Flacco to revert, you know, back and, and wind forward the clock, so to speak. But I remember joking about this with Mary Kay a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we were like, oh, the Joe Flacco revenge game. And I think Mary Kay was the one. And she's like, or what if it would wind up being the Odell Beckham Jr. Jadavian Clowney revenge game, right? I mean, there's a reality where something like that happens, especially with how well that defense has been playing. So, to me, of the two, that's the more likely is just that, hey, the Ravens are really good. And and I think it's exactly right that they might not have that one guy on defense that's scary, but as a unit, they are scary. And yeah, it might not be a premier edge rusher, but I've seen Kyle Hamilton make a few plays that make him look like a freak this year with everything he can do uh, as a safety. So that's what's tough about it for me. Like, I do almost think that's worse because... It's like their their talent is all spread out fairly evenly if their starters are healthy. Well, I, I do want to just push back the slightest, tiniest bit on the fact that they don't have kind of that guy because they do have a, a player who does have 13 sacks this season in Justin Matabukwe. I'm not really exactly sure how to say the last name very well. Um, I was going to look up how many pressures he had as well. Um, so, Dan, maybe you can help me out with that if you can do that for a quickie second. Um, he doesn't have, you know, necessarily some of the strip sacks. 
Uh, I don't think he has as many of those. I think he's got a couple of those. Uh, so he, you know, he's, he's not Miles Garrett. Few people are Miles Garrett, but in this particular instance, he's only one sack behind Miles Garrett and that's pretty good. And then their next highest sacker, I believe the next guy is Jadavian Clowney with nine and a half. And it's funny because Jadavian has gotten to nine or nine and a half several times in his career, can never get over that hump to the, to the 10. He just could, he can't get to that double digits, which I think is kind of funny, but, um, but they do have uh, a very well-rounded pass rush with one sort of lead dog uh, in, in Justin there. So I, I don't know. I, I do think that even though he doesn't have the name uh, of a TJ Watt or a Miles Garrett or even a Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, he's got the numbers. He's one sack behind Miles Garrett right now. I can't, I can't find him on, on PFF. Um, I can tell you that Clowney is 11th with 71 pressures, um, which is uh, where's Miles? Miles has 86. Miles is tied with TJ Watt for seventh with 86 pressures. Um, so that's I, but I couldn't find uh, I couldn't find. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there's Owe. Owe's got 51. Kyle Van Noy has 48. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong position here. But um, yeah, look, they can get after the quarterback. We know that mm-hmm. they, they can get after it, and they have a, a pretty good back end as well. So listen, we all want this to end up somehow, whether it's next week or the week after. We all want this. I think the entire NFL world wants this to end up with the Browns going to Baltimore for a playoff game. <laughs> I think. That's the one thing the entire NFL world could probably agree on, except for Houston Texans fans this week, all 15 of them, um, that they do not, that they want to see Joe Flacco have to go back to Baltimore for a playoff game. Yeah, it's just too good of a story. I mean, it is just too, too good of a story. It's setting up. I feel like, um, I feel like John Harbaugh, the minute the Browns signed. Joe Flacco, I feel like he could see this coming. I feel like he could see the writing on the wall and he was probably going, oh, darn it, but a little stronger than that um, because he knows what he's all about. And that's what he said. He said, he's really, really competitive. Let's see where this goes. And he was certainly right about that. I mean, he is one of the most competitive players uh, that you could possibly imagine. And... Um, it's it's really been something to watch because you know we knew he was 18 and three against the Browns, but you kind of attributed that to the Browns being so bad over the years. But now I think we're seeing some things in uh, in Joe Flacco that make us realize that maybe there was a little bit more to him if you got him in the right scheme and with the right supporting cast. And Justin, by the way, is a defensive interior, so he's listed amongst obviously you know the Aaron Donalds and the Chris Jones and the Quinnen. Williams and he's number six in the NFL in with 64 pressures, 64 pressures amongst those interior guys. So you're looking at a pretty dominant force uh, in, in Justin. And that pressure up the middle too can be killer. And that's, again, that's how the Ravens work, right? They can, they can come at you from all, uh, all sides. Okay. You know, that ended up being kind of a, a positive a positive look at why the Browns won't make it to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of optimism in that too, I think, um, as far as 
what we were just talking about. Anyway, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. We're going to have our full preview pod coming on Friday. It'll have all the features of all the other preview pods we've done. Uh, Lance Risen will break down the film on the Texans and CJ Stroud. Tyler Shoemaker will give you his best bets for the weekend. And of course, we'll make our picks for Saturday's game as well. So just get subscribed to the Orange Brown Talk podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I told you yesterday while you're sitting here listening, open up that Instagram app follow us uh look for orange and brown talk a bunch of people did it so i appreciate that if you didn't do it do it now uh find us on youtube search cleveland browns on cleveland.com and also become a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page for mary Kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody 